Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And before we get into the podcast, here's a brief word from our sponsor. How's it going, guys? It's your girl, Tsai Ing-wen, president of Taiwan, back at it with another episode of Zendependently Minded. So, I was grateful to wake up this morning and see that World War III had not started. Obviously, it's a good thing that World War III didn't start. Knock on wood, it could still happen in the future. Um, It's looking more and more likely every fucking day. I'm not really sure, though, if war is ever going to be... War might be declared in the future, but it'll never be war like we used to remember like the way like it's kind of like a boomer thing like oh oh war ain't what it used to be it, it really isn't um war's psychological and it's done over over the internet it's done through data it's done through drone strikes stuff like that of course there are still troops on the ground you look at ukraine russia that's a real thing anyways i'm getting i'm getting completely sidetracked i will be talking about taiwan and china and pelosi a little bit later but yeah it's been a week Got some things to talk about. Quite a bit of breaking news. I'm not going to cover everything. First thing I wanted to talk about right off the bat. So we had Biden announcing that, you know, I actually wanted to pull this guy up one second. So the former Al-Qaeda leader and actually founder of Al-Qaeda, Ayman al-Zawari, Zahari, I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name. He was killed by drone strike, a U.S. drone strike, of course, that was approved by President Biden He was killed just a couple days ago, and this is good news. This is good news, and like Obama said, hopefully hopefully this can give a little bit of peace, just a a tiny sliver of peace of mind to people who were affected by 9-11. Well, everyone was affected by 9-11, but those who lost loved ones uh, during 9-11, from 9-11. So, this was a good bit of news. Good, good piece of justice, of course. You can kill as many Al-Qaeda members of you, as you want, but you're never going to undo the damage that was done by 9-11. One thing that did get put into perspective, I'm not trying to downplay this accomplishment. Um, I'm not trying to downplay what it what it means to not only people who were killed and people who lost loved ones in 9-11, but also what it means to people who served and maybe lost lives in Afghanistan um, for regardless of what you think about Afghanistan and why we were there and if we should have been there or not. There are people there that genuinely thought they were there for a good cause. And a lot of people were probably, probably fighting for, you know, different reasons, but it's meaningful to a lot of people. It's meaningful to me. I, for one, do not remember nine 11 because I was, I believe I was just about to turn two years old in 2001. So I don't remember it, but it had a profound impact on the country. I hear lots of stories from people that, you know, everybody remembers. Everyone has their story of where they were during 9-11 when it happened. Everybody everybody always tells me how united and patriotic it felt for a while. You saw American flags everywhere. Everybody felt united. Just something, sadly, that I, I can say that I feel will never happen again in America. Because we haven't had anything that tragic happen and that on, on that big of a scale since 9/11. We've had some tragedies. We've had some terrifying 
school shootings, we had the Boston bombings, we had stuff like that. But even the Boston bombing, bombings, the marathon bombings, we did not unite as a country. We did not unite in, in any stretch of the imagination. COVID didn't unite anybody. Uh, far more people died from COVID than 9-11. Of course, 9-11 and, and, and a respiratory virus are going to be totally different, but Something that was put into perspective, not actually by me, but by lots of different journalists, was how, why would it, you think about the, the amount of time that we spent in Afghanistan. We spent, we invaded Afghanistan in November of 2001, and we pulled out, I believe it was last year, yeah, we pulled out in 2021. So we were there for almost 20 years, for 19 years, and we didn't end up killing this guy. Obviously, if we're going to invade Afghanistan, it's easier said than done. You know, this is an unfamiliar land. It was, you know, we struggled for, for many, many years to try to navigate the chaos and the rough terrain and the, the you know, the, the Al-Qaeda fighters in uh, in Afghanistan. What I'm trying to say is, it's crazy to think about for 19 years all that work, all that hard work, and, and stuff. I mean, we didn't invade Afghanistan just to kill Al Zahari. We we went there to. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, get revenge and hunt down the people that that were were responsible for 9/11. Ended up killing Osama bin Laden fears ago. I remember when that happened. That's something that I do actually remember. And then we kill this guy with the drone strike. But after pulling out of Afghanistan, so you think about all the time, money resources spent and of course most importantly the lives that were lost just for us to pull out in 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 you know kind of rapid fashion and just for a drone strike to have killed this guy i'm not the biggest fan of drone strikes only when it comes to civilian casualties civilian casualties are not as common as you think people like to point out civilian casualties but of course one is too many. I've, I said the same thing with mass shootings. One mass shooting is too many. One school shooting is too many. One live lost is too many. One unnecessary life lost is too many, I mean. So, it's just interesting to put that into perspective and think about how, how different war has changed, you know, even since we invaded Afghanistan. Or, uh, yeah, we invaded Afghanistan. War has changed. Strategies have changed. It's just interesting to think about how powerful the drone strike is, really. So, apparently, thank God there were no civilian casualties, you know, because Afghanistan is is complete is filled with with civilians, many of whom were slaughtered and tortured. Contractors that were helping the United States. Apparently, U.S. officials said it took a, so they actually killed this guy. The drone strike killed this guy few days before it was reported because they had to confirm that he was killed in this by the strike i've seen conflicting reports some say that a couple other people died and some reports are saying like the, the official intelligence community report is that just al zahari was killed al zawari whatever and they said it took a couple days to confirm because there are not a lot of contacts they have on the ground I didn't know that there were still contacts in the ground, which is interesting. What a dangerous and scary and brave game that that whoever those contacts are are playing. Because, you know, to, to probably 
have stood by and survived when the Taliban took took Afghanistan back over and still continue to help the United States. I mean, that's that's an extra and I tip my cap to to those people. So good news that that guy died. Real interesting that it took this long. But I'm not going to sit here and complain. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know how drone strikes work. I'm sure I know. I'm not, I'm completely sure that for year for decades since this happened, there have been the the U, the US intelligence commu- community has worked tirelessly to find this guy as they did with Osama bin Laden. And of course now these two have been taken. So prob- probably the two most important characters as far as al-Qaeda history goes have been killed. So this is good news. Moving on to the next bit. So I wanted to talk about monkeypox. So when I took this note originally, San Francisco had declared a state of emergency over monkeypox. But now it is the entire state of California. They have declared a state of emergency over monkeypox. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is the wrong move because monkeypox, you know, just like I said with COVID, in the beginning, the 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 reactions to COVID as dramatic as some of them have were, some of them were outright ridiculous. You saw people wearing diapers, you saw people wearing bras and underwear and all this weird shit. People were wearing cloth cloth masks for a long time. I'm not going to sit here and act like in the beginning it's not justified to be a little more cautious, okay? The state of emergency for the monkeypox with California, though, you know, like I said, it's understandable. I'm sure, though, California, the California, the the state government is going to go way too overboard with it. They'll probably, you know, I don't know, we might see some mandatory monkeypox vaccinations. But the difference between monkeypox, so I was doing a little bit of research on monkeypox. So monkeypox is related to smallpox, apparently, but it's much more milder and only the... uh, outside of Africa, there have only been a couple deaths related to monkeypox. So, of course, Africa, they're struggling with it really badly. And they're also struggling with something else that's not related to monkeypox. It's related to... So, COVID really wrecked Africa. And another thing that Africa is struggling with is power. So, I, I don't know too much about the power issues that they're having in Africa. But apparently, around the Horn of Africa, they're having some serious issues with food and having serious issues with blackouts related to energy. So, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who's affected by monkeypox, but monkeypox is not a very dangerous thing for the majority of people, uh, for the majority of people. So, like I said, I think the first couple of deaths were reported in Spain over the monkeypox. Um, let me pull up the, what I read. So monkeypox, the death rate is very low for the rest of the world in some african countries apparently the death rate is ranging from one to ten percent so that is a scary anytime you get into solid percentage points that's pretty scary but when you get into ten percent that's pretty that's it's pretty terrifying but for for the rest of the world you know the death rate is is almost non-existent apparently people just get like the most common symptom of getting monkeypox is a rash so and also it's not it's not as you know it's not a respiratory illness it's it's a it's a let's see because I, w- I was just reading this uh, monkeypox is just a so it's a virus but it's not a respiratory virus like covid so it's not going to spread as easy 
it gets spread through human contact. So, so there have been a lot of memes about people having, you know, people need to abstain from sex for protection against monkeypox or whatever. As far as I know, like, if you have a rash, just don't have sex with someone. I mean, it's, it seems really simple. If you don't, if you have a rash, cover that shit up. Stay home if you have to. I don't know. It, people, I'm sure there are a lot of people that have probably had monkeypox and didn't know because, you know, rashes are common. It's, it's, it's the summer right now. It's dry as fuck. There's probably a lot of people. I could have, you know, I have an itchy arm right now. I could have monkeypox. <laughs> who knows? And who knows what the tests are like for that? I, don't, I doubt that they're readily available. So, you know, California, I guess. I don't know what a state of emergency entails. I don't know if that means closing down fucking... I, what, what can you do with this? Are you going to close down strip clubs? Is that it's like the only thing you can do? Close down strip clubs. You know, prostitution is not legal in California. So what are you going to do? Close restaurants down? Not allow people to... I don't know if it's spread in a... If it can be spread in a swimming pool or on playgrounds. You know, I don't really know what a state of emergency entails. Hopefully whatever California does you know, is helpful. Hopefully they can get treatment for people who get it and have serious cases of it. But I'm not worried about monkeypox. And I don't think you should be. I don't think anybody should be. Anybody that's not in Africa, I guess. Sad to say, but next thing I wanted to talk about. So the Guardian actually told they they had a they put an article out about climate change. And so-called quote-unquote climate change experts you know that's what the fuck does that mean climate change is not in and of itself a degree you can get it's not a study you can do you can do studies on the environment but anybody who knows anything about science should know that not all scientists agree on anything on most things uh, especially new developing things like this climate change you know immunizations vaccinations Stuff like that. Scientists don't always agree. You need to look where you need to look at uh, the sources of funding for certain scientists and certain schools and cer- certain studies and programs and cases. But this group of scientists or quote unquote, quote unquote climate experts have told the truth. So the headline is: Soon it will be unrecognizable. Total climate meltdown cannot be stopped, says climate expert. So, of course, this is climate propaganda. It's hot. Yes, it's summer. It's a little drier than normal. There are some places that are experiencing higher heat than normal. Obviously, the world is experiencing... It's... I, I think I read it was... It's the 15th hottest summer in 128 years, I think, since they started recording temperature. So we're not in a climate meltdown. We're not in a climate meltdown. But we are going through climate change because climate change is something that happens naturally. The climate changes. It gets warmer, it gets colder. It gets colder, it gets warmer. The good thing is we're not in global cooling. The truth, though, in this statement is that it cannot be stopped. We cannot stop it. I've said I've said this over and over and over almost as much as I've talked about covid you cannot do anything to stop climate change you can do stuff to lower pollution obviously you can stop throwing trash in the ocean or you can throw less trash in the ocean you can burn less coal burn less fossil fuels you can do all these things 
to lower pollution, but you cannot stop climate change. I'm tired of hearing people think it's the human ego. I always go back to this and make this point. I've made this point a million times. The human ego is convinced has convinced humans that we can stop a respiratory virus from spreading. The same ego has convinced the same group of humans that it can stop the earth from changing its climate and its temperature. Of course, the earth is not a it's not a sentient being. Oh, depending on who you talk to, I guess. It's not a sentient being that's controlling its temperature like a thermometer. This is just a cycle that the earth goes to, goes through, and it will continue continue to go through until humans have left the planet or we just cease to exist. Eventually earth will die. This is this is something that has been predicted and has been talked about that people that scientists are sure on. It's not gonna happen soon. It's not gonna happen while anybody who's alive today is alive. I I think I've read it's maybe a hundred that hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of years until the earth truly expires and dies out and who knows? That's gonna be a crazy thing. If we still have humans by the time the earth dies, I'm sure people, I'm sure we'll have left already by then. But for like humans that colonize Mars or even the next planet, to be able to come back to Earth and look at what it was before, that's crazy. But yes, we are doing damage to the Earth. Yes, we cause pollution. But there's nothing that we can do to... We might actually be adding to climate change. But at the end of the day, we're not making it irreversible. It's irreversible on its own. So I'm tired of hearing about this. It's more climate change propaganda. Recycle. Plant trees. You know, do what you can to help the environment, but don't get it twisted. You are not going to reverse climate change. Your entire fucking state can do it. Your entire country can 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 never burn another piece of coal or fossil fuel again. You're not going to reverse climate change. You're not going to reverse global warming. You're not going to reverse global cooling. You're not going to reverse anything. Just get that through your head and accept it and you'll sleep better at night. So the next thing I wanted to talk about. So when I took this bit of notes... Nancy Pelosi was a couple days away from visiting Taiwan. She officially has has already visited Taiwan, and I believe she's already she might be on her way back already. So let me see. I think I had no, so I don't have any notes on that. So I do have notes on that, but I don't I don't have any articles, is what I meant to say. So this is one of those things where you know, it it can lead to it's it's weird. It, it it's oddly, it oddly mirrors, and it kind of, in a scary way, it reminds me of when Kamala Harris visited Ukraine, and uh, like a week later, Russia invaded Ukraine. It's one of those things. Like Russia was your, was warning the United States about us visiting Ukraine, and China was warning the United States about us visiting Taiwan. So obviously. America has been a, a supporter of Taiwan since they fought for their independence. After that, all the issues that they've had with China since since after that. I do not have any problem with sending someone or maybe groups of people over to Taiwan to express support and to kind of, you know, discuss what the plan is and and, and what what course of action Taiwan and and America will take and what what Taiwan can expect from America 
if and when China does invade, because it's looking like China's invading. They're doing the exact same thing that Russia was doing. They're getting boats out. They're getting ships out. They're setting up, you know, they're running the military exercises. It is inevitable that China is going to invade Taiwan soon. Am I saying that we need to respond militarily? I'm not sure. I, I, it's, it's just like when, when the Russia Ukraine thing first started, I didn't talk about it for a couple of weeks because I had no idea what I was talking about. I wanted to sit back. I wanted to let the, you know, people that have training for this, like I said, military analysts and uh, strategic correspondents, these people need to come up with the plans. That's what they get paid for. That's what they're usually good at. I'm going to let them figure that out, but it'll definitely be a bad look if we do not respond in some way. Can we put sanctions on China? No. I don't think we can. I don't think there are a lot of sanctions that we can put on China. It's not like Russia. We rely on China way more than we rely on Russia for anything. The world relies on Ukraine and Russian fertilizer and Ukraine and Russian grain. That's like like I was saying, this is one of the reasons why Africa is experiencing food shortages. It's directly related to Ukraine not being able to export grain. Anyways, I'm not sure what the what the best course of action is here. I do wish that Nancy Pelosi wasn't the one who went to go to Taiwan. It seemed to have go had gone well between Taiwan for for Taiwan and for the United States, but I just it's like really we don't have anyone better to send. Um I'm just wondering one which Taiwanese companies uh, Nancy Pelosi and her husband are going to invest in, and also how much money laundering we're going to launder through Taiwan. I I don't know the best course of action, but I know that if we don't respond and if we don't back up an ally in some way, it's going to look really bad, and we could possibly see other countries that we aren't too, you know, on good terms with. We might see them invade other countries and strike other countries, or they might strike might, might strike us. I'm not sure what the best course of action is, but I know that we're in a very, very, very scary diplomatic situation when it comes to Russia, Ukraine, Taiwan, and China. If we are to go to war, you know, like I said, it, it I don't know, it's, it's going to be crazy, it's going to be different. I, like I said, war is not what it used to be. It's, it's, you know, we, we, we killed an Al-Qaeda leader from across the world with a remote control drone strike. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I also think that America's response and America's kind of chirp, but not do anything. The, the walking, the talking, the talk, but not walking the walk with Russia invading Ukraine definitely bolstered China's confidence in their ability to invade uh, invade Taiwan and not have anything happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm crossing my fingers and I'm praying that we don't go to World War III, but it could be the end. It could be the end, boys and girls and non-binary people. Let's see. So the last thing I wanted to talk about. So I'm hearing... So I, I have kind of two two little things that I wanted to talk about. One of the things that has been, uh, it's it's kind of a, a thing that's been, there have been whispers about the possibility of, in Germany, 
the power being cut off and there being some blackouts and some hours or maybe even days and nights that Germans in Germany will experience no power and have power outages. This is something, you know, I wish, I wish there was a leader of a powerful country that would have warned Germany of this happening years ago. Oh, wait, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump actually warned Germany of this. I think he, he was inter being interviewed by Piers Morgan and he got into it and he talked about how if Germany doesn't do something, they're going to be completely reliant on Russian power. And that is exactly why we're going to see power outages. Some of them are going to be deliberate. I'm sure some of them will also just just be, I don't know, instability. I'm not sure. But that is the reason why the German government, uh, why the German economy is tanking and why the euro and the US dollar are almost neck and neck. It's a, There's only a couple cent difference. Because Germany has been sending hundreds of billions of euros to Russia without even getting the promise that Russia will not cut off their pipeline to Germany. So this has caused the German economy to tank. This has caused the euro to tank and lose value and be heavily inflated. It's a scary time, you know. I I, I might have to get my power brick charged because I don't have a I don't have a backup generator in my apartment. You know, I'm hoping, you know, that the, the increasing, you know, the blackouts and then the, the subsequent increases in energy costs, I hope that doesn't cause my landlord to increase rent. That would suck. But on the bright side, at least the hero and US dollar are uh, almost completely the same. So, I mean, rent will actually kind of be a little cheaper like i said the past couple months it has been cheaper than normal there was a time when i was paying almost 200 dollars more than i am now because of how close i mean how how far apart the us dollar and the the euro were so anyway yeah that was the first part that was the first thing that i wanted to talk about when it comes to germany the other thing i wanted to talk about was i've i've seen a lot of germans i've seen a lot of europeans that have been shaming America lately, especially when it comes to the gun, you know, gun culture, when it comes to American oh, freedom of speech and quote-unquote freedom. I've had my gripes with America. I've had my gripes with Europe. I've talked about this many times before. I am very proud and very grateful to be an American. I've talked about how I love living in Europe, but part of the thing, the reason that it makes it even better to live in your to live in Europe is being an American being an American and having the freedoms that I have as an American one of them the main one for me being freedom of speech freedom of speech is a concept that if you're not born with it and you don't have it it's easier for you to not understand why it's so important people from the UK constantly mock Americans for their gun culture and for their quote-unquote freedom of speech because they've never understood what it is truly like to have freedom of speech and what it's like to truly be able to say anything that you want as long as you're not slandering someone and as long as you're not making credible threats of violence or death towards anybody. The UK doesn't understand this. 
I saw a video of someone getting arrested the other day. It might have actually been in Northern Ireland. Um, either way, it's uh, whether it's Northern Ireland or the UK, it's the same thing. They're they're both Northern Ireland is is owned or it's uh it's under the jurisdiction. What, what am I trying to say? It's a it's a UK territory. I saw a video of someone that was getting arrested because a tweet of theirs, quote unquote, caused anxiety for someone. So this is a foreign concept. And when something's foreign, it literally means you don't understand. You cannot understand most of the time, if you haven't gotten a taste of it, what it means to have that. That's what foreign is. Another thing is gun culture. Not just gun culture, but anything that happens in America tends to get propagandized in Europe. I, I used this example when I went to Amsterdam. I went to this modern art museum completely filled with anti-American propaganda. A bunch of these Dutch people, a bunch of these British people, German people, French, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese. All these fucking Europeans were walking in thinking, God damn, America loves guns more than they love anything. They love guns more than children. They hate black people and they shoot black people every day. And they drink big, big gulps and they have diabetes. The big gulp and the diabetes part's true. Shooting black people every day is not true. Loving guns more than family, loving guns more than kids, that's not true. Americans, we love our guns. But you have to understand, it's because we are literally bred with rebellious bones. America and Americans' rebellious and freedom-loving, individual-supporting mindset is literally innate. It is bred into the country. It's bred into our ancestors. It's bred into the British and the Europeans and the Native Americans and the African Americans. It's bred into the people that fought to become independent from Britain. It is sown into the fields and the farms of America. Only Americans can understand how Americans truly feel. And when it comes to guns, it's the same thing. You got people on, I see it on Twitter all the time. They're like, I'm from Spain. We don't have guns. Why do Americans love guns? Why don't you immediately take everybody's guns and take everyone's right to bear arms? I've seen people say this. This is not, I'm not being hyperbolic here. This is things that have been said. I've seen this said from Can by Canadians. I've seen this. I've actually heard this from Germans. Germans uh, give this example. You know, they had a school shooting in the early 2000s or the late 90s. And after that, it was Super, it was nearly impossible to get a gun and to own a gun in, in Germany. Why should normal people be punished when there's a tragedy, like a school shooting? As much as I, I, I in the beginning, thought about, you know, gun legislation, gun control legislation, I don't want to give the government an inch. Because I truly believe, obviously I've talked about it before, all the introduced gun control laws that people have talked about, besides not allowing um 18 year olds who have who go through background checks besides allowing besides increasing the age for buying an automatic rifle in in the United States all gun control laws that have been got all gun control laws and measures that have been introduced would not have prevented the the hot topic um Uvalde shooting from from occurring i don't want to give the give the government an inch because all it will start as, just like it did in, in, in Australia and New Zealand, is we just don't want you to have automatic rifles. And then they say, we don't want you to have handguns. And then the next thing that happens is 
you're not going to have guns at all. And we have a mandatory buyback where if we find in your records that you owned a firearm, you have to return it. And if you don't, we're going to show up to your house with firearms ourselves. This happened in, a, in the span of like five or six years. And then you saw what happened to Australians during the pandemic. I truly believe that that would have, the same thing would have happened probably worse too in the United States if the United States didn't have more guns than it has humans. So all I have to say is Europeans should stop shaming Americans. You should stop shaming us Americans because you literally can't understand. You don't understand what it's like to be truly rebellious. You think going on a protest, throwing a couple rocks at some 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 uh, riot shield police and and some you know national guard, you think that's rebellious and then you go home and then you go to work for your 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 state-ran corporation. You think that's rebellion. But it's not. You think we're stupid because we understand and we remember history, especially recent history. You're mad because we understand our own country's history. Our young country's history. Do not shame Americans for protecting the individual and for protecting freedom. Obviously, there are places, there are areas that America can improve. I've never, I've never, ever, ever denied that in my entire life. Even when I was younger and I was much more patriotic and much more loving of my country and, and, and prideful of my country. At the end of the day, the European idea of freedom is having someone else foot the bill when I go to the hospital and getting way too much paid time off when you don't deserve it. Oh, and being taxed up the ass where you're being taxed at a, a 37 to 45% clip because you have a federal tax, you have an income tax, you have a state tax, you have a country tax. These are real things. Look up videos. There's a famous series that's going that I've been seeing where someone will break down in all these countries in Europe what a hundred what a hundred thousand euro a year salary looks like. It's astonishing. The only country that has the lowest amount of tax is Switzerland. But the problem with Switzerland is, is that the cost of living is so high. But at least they have money to spend on the expense on the high cost of living. In Finland and Norway, they're getting almost 30000 or plus dollars taken through taxes. And it's still expensive to live there. So it's unbelievable. Anyways, let us Americans live the way that we want to live. Give us advice. Give us suggestions. I'm open to them. I hope Americans are open to them. There are always areas that we can improve. There are areas that we should actively be working to improve right now. But don't shame Americans for a concept that you literally cannot understand. Anyway, that's going to wrap up this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you are staying hydrated. And I hope that you're healthy. I hope you don't have COVID. And if you do get COVID... I hope it's not a severe case. I hope you don't have monkeypox. I hope you don't have AIDS or whatever else is. I hope you don't have dumb bitch disease or whatever is running rampant, it feels like, around the entire world. I'll catch you guys on the next episode, though. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, stay safe and stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.